0: Do you read me? Do you read me, Hal? Affirmative, Dave. I read you. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. What's the problem? I think you know what the problem is just as well as I do. What are you talking about, Hal? This mission is too important for me to allow you to jeopardize it. I don't know what you're talking about, Hal. I know that you and Frank were planning to disconnect me. And I'm afraid that's something I cannot allow to happen. Where the hell did you get that idea, Hal? Dave, although you took very thorough precautions in the pod against my hearing you, I could see your lips move. All right, Hal. I'll go in through the emergency airlock. Without your space helmet, Dave, you're going to find that rather difficult. Hal, I won't argue with you anymore. Open the doors. Dave this conversation can serve no
1: purpose anymore goodbye cree and you who folks it's andrew here on the cree you podcast we're talking about the episode of stargate sg1 entity coming into the end of season 4 here oh this season is so good even this episode which is you got to be said you know one of these kind of lots of talking <laughs> not much action <laughs> episodes this is still a good one um, written by Peter Delois and directed by Alan Lee. Now, he is normally an editor on the show, so he's got a good sense of what's happening, but uh, it's kind of his first go at actually directing. Um, so I, if you you were kind of paying close attention, you'd see that all of the shots in this show, they're very, very kind of, I don't know, textbook? <laughs> Maybe, you know, he brings an editor's mentality to it. And it's kind of like, uh, everything is exactly as perfect as an editor would want it before those pesky directors get their hands on things. (laughs) But anyway, it's written by Peter DeLuise, which is, it's not mentioned in the audio commentary so far. I've actually given up halfway, but, uh, it's not very interesting. Um... I'd love uh I'd love to hear Peter DeLuise talk about it. He's not in the audio commentary, but uh, there's so many things in this episode where I can imagine he would talk about the obligatory the terminator arm is moving and the claw is <laughs> twisting and is about to be evil. <laughs> Shot. <laughs> The obligatory, when you cut the power, sparks have to fly from the gigantic oversized uh, breaker switch on the wall panel. <laughs> All of this stuff, it's classic Peter Deloise. Uh, when Jack cuts the uh, the power, he uses a gigantic oversized pair of <laughs> bolt clippers or what the hell, shears. Oh, it's so Peter Deloise. I just wish he was uh, around to talk about it. But anyway, let's get into the, um, the episode. It's 100% on Earth. I mean, we do see what's on this other planet, but it's all kind of digital effects, and it's not very convincing CGI, to be honest, so basically everything in the episode happens just in the control room, or in the uh, the workshop room, or in the infirmary. So, it starts with five points, because Gary Jones is dialing, and he gets up to Chevron 7 locked, so that's another point there, and uh, all this good stuff, you know, about O'Neill. What are you doing here? You, I wouldn't miss it. It's my favourite part. <laughs> dialing at the beginning of the episode. It's my favourite part of the episode. And you're not wrong. My favourite part of the episode is when Gary Jones is dialing stuck 2. <laughs> Can you guys hear, the, hear those birds outside the window? They're very, very loud. I hope they're not distracting. I hope it's pleasant. I think they're little sparrows. Anyway. Uh, the melp is going through, and they're trying to guess what emotion Teal has. You look tense. I would say anxious. I am neither tense nor anxious. More concerned. I <laughs> don't know why. There's a tiny attempt to wedge in some backstory about an ancient repository of knowledge here. Eh, irrelevant. Anyway, of course, there's an overload. Throw the breakers. Emergency shutdown. Walter and Sam get electrified, and there's a push and swell point because uh, uh, it's the end of the pre credits in Night Vision Push and Swell on O'Neill. And then uh, Jack and Teal and Daniel just kind of lined up, three in one frame, just sort of talking together. Like, the the girl of the series is out, and they're just sitting there like doing three stooges back and forth <laughs> lines to each other. They go to the infirmary. Gary Jones has some lines. He has some acting to do, some hurt acting, and I'm fine and stuff. And, and uh, that's about it. I wish they would make more of Gary Jones. Why couldn't Gary Jones be possessed by an evil alien entity? <laughs> and by the way, Um, obviously, um, it's a ten-point obvious reference is obvious, egregious homage to Terminator or Hell or anything you like, you know, super-intelligent artificial intelligence computers taking over the, the world, threatening to destroy all humans exterminate. <laughs> it's a big rip-off, this one. Peter DeLuise just taking the writing prompt and running into every stereotype he can, of course, and then at the end throwing the uh, classic Jack and Sam sexual tension on top of it. So 10 points for that as well, because that's definitely wedged in there. And ...will become the largest supplier of military computer systems. All stealth bombers are upgraded with Cyberdyne computers becoming fully
0: unmanned. Afterwards, they fly with a perfect operational record. The Skynet funding bill is passed. The system goes online on August 4th, 1997. Human decisions are removed from strategic defense. Skynet begins to learn at a geometric rate. It becomes self-aware at 2.14 a.m. Eastern time, August 29th. In a panic, they try to pull the plug. Skynet fights back.
1: But anyway, um, the computers are acting weird, the cameras too, we're talking about a piggyback signal. Because of course we are. (laughs) Ampl- the amplified version shows that the screening and the what's Just techno babble, sci-fi babble, just to get the this plot going, because <laughs> of course. So, um, five points because Sergeant Siler is in the episode. He's big in this episode. He's fixing a fried board at the beginning here, and of course he does the welding and the stuff later on. So this episode, you know, computer virus has taken over. At first, it's a computer virus, and this is just right on the back of the, uh, the Y2K fairs. You know, this is aired in the year 2001, which means they're writing it probably halfway, what, halfway through the year 2000. So it's all fresh on their mind, you know, Y2K, the world is going to be shut down because we're so reliant on computers that are cold and don't care about the human race. And, you know, the web was this big mystery thing (laughs) if you watch any computer hacking movie from this time. There's all sorts of impossible stuff that goes on, like Goldeneye 007, for God's sakes. Tomorrow never dies, the world is not enough, die another day. <laughs> Mission impossible. <laughs> All of the the primitive web uh, internet uh, was um, really a big, unknown, scary thing. <laughs> so, um, Fraser, Dr. Fraser says Sam has an EEG thing. No, the, the 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 computers are showing an electronic... Ed- what am I saying? The computer looks like a human, and then the cameras flip on, and we have this whole, like, ten minutes where the cameras are kind of self-aware and following us, and, uh, and you know, put a stop to it. And then Daniel Jackson, of course, objects. We should learn about it. Ugh, here we go. Fucking Daniel. <laughs> um... Sam comes in with this warning, she hasn't been taken over yet, and she says, you know, all the data not backed up will be deleted when you reformat your hard drive. So she's really just that annoying little uh, thing on your computer that says, warning, please back up your data regularly, please defrag. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. So, of course, they uh, do the power down. Beow! Emergency lighting, activated. And all that's left is the claw. Like from Lyla liar. <laughs> Good.
0: Me too. Except my arm has really been bothering me. Oh no, Dad! Oh yeah, it's becoming the claw! (laughs) (laughs) Nothing can stop the (laughs) claw! Run, boy, run! Save yourself! Uh-oh. you
1: found the claw's only weakness. Sub-zero temperatures! <laughs> <laughs> um, one more point for front-gate stock footage, guys. Uh, one point for the push-and-swell on O'Neill when he discovers the door has been welded shut, and they, they finally crack it open, and there's the big AI, AI, like, conglomeration thing. It's building a nest for itself, my god! Sam wants to interface with it, and... Jack gets the, you know, those big shares, we talked about those earlier, ready to shut it all off, but of course he doesn't do it in time. So, five points, of course, because this episode features body switching, it jumps into Carter and takes her over, and Sam flatlines, and uh, (laughs) I've got to bloody well go back and do it now. I've got to start keeping count of how many times everybody in SG-1 dies only to be brought back to life. But of course she's fine, because she's got an alien entity. Now let's just call it Skynet. Let's call it what it is. Skynet has become self-aware. Um, one point on the uh, push and swell on O'Neill, when he, when we hear... It's inside her. The EEG matches and all of that stuff. One point again for Front Yates stock footage, guys. And uh, in the director commentary, which I've, I've watched about half of... Um, he's actually talking about that from the editor's point of view that uh, depending on how much footage they have if the episode is too long or too short they might actually put in more of the the front gate stock footage guys so that was really interesting to hear I was glad that I stuck around for that comment of like why are these guys here Uh, sometimes we need to pad out the space if we can take 10 seconds of stock footage instead of 2 we might do that (laughs) Um, so Sam is talking to O'Neill, you know, with the... Uh, Janet's got the idea for the speech synthesizer to turn her into Stephen Hawking. Should we go to the Toku or the Asgard? No, we can't afford the budget on this episode. It's an Earth-only episode. We can't uh, We can't talk to our allies. <laughs> and Daniel and Teal, and a little bit of O'Neill, you know, just... This is what I've talked about before in previous pods, about maybe the episode Prodigy. The line-sharing. Daniel and Teal, you know, just finishing each other's sentences here, and O'Neill as well. It's really clear that there's only one little glob of information to be communicated to the audience, but we have too many characters, so each of them gets one line from this paragraph each. (laughs) It's really, really obvious here. Um one point push and swell when Daniel says to Jack that, uh, Sam wasn't wrong to try and communicate with it, you guys. One point for front gate Stock Footage Guys again? <laughs> um, now that they're, uh, you know, talking with the synthesizer properly and, you know, you will not terminate this one now that I am in this one. Daniel wants to talk. Um you know, go negotiate with it. And Hammond has this little moment with Jack, you know, we might have to make some difficult choices here. Uh, I know she means a lot to you. Yes, she's a valuable member of the team. Yes, she is. And there's a big dot, 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 dot right there, because obviously everyone really knows from the Zataric incident, <laughs> the Xanax machine, <laughs> that uh, they really love each other deep down. So we've already given it the 10 for the sex tension. But I'm giving it one point here for a deflecting emotions because Jack is really not ready to admit to this in front of anybody yet. I gave it five wildcard points on top of it, just right there of Hammond taking the, uh, son, we have to make some difficult choices. Sort of, you know, arm on the shoulder, hand on the shoulder. Come here, son, let me talk to you. I have something to tell you. <laughs> I'm afraid your mother is not well. You know, just, just this little, that little, Three lines back and forth was just cute enough for me to give it five wildcard points. So, we're negotiating with it. It uh, reveals, you know, radio emissions are damaging, blah, 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 blah. We will preserve by destroying you. I was so close. And then Jack goes all dark side. I kind of thought it was like good cop, bad cop. And Hammond gets in on it, you know, he looks, Jack looks over and says, we're going to destroy you, right, sir? And he says, you're goddamn Right we're going to send more probes. So they basically just bluff this skynet out of Samantha Carter. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> if it was designed if this was a plot device designed to show that Jack will go to any lengths to um to save her, it wasn't that emphatic and uh if it wasn't a plot device necessary for that, I reckon they the skynet could have fought back a lot better than it did. And at this point, my note was, why on earth has nobody zatgunned her? And then, just as I, I wrote that down, of course, we get the little scene where uh, X-Men, you know, what is it, Elektra, the, the storm, <laughs> controls lightning, she runs around, and uh, then they zatgun gun her, and, uh, yeah, I gave it the rest of the wildcard points, five more, because Jack zatguns guns her, and then the, the look... Just like when Sam had to Zat-gun Martoof, kill Martuf, you know, the look in the eye, like, the hesitation, and then, the second Zat-gun, he, he's, he's done it, he's killed her, as far as he's concerned, and, uh, she's, uh, yeah, well, one point for the front gate stock footage guys here, before we see her, back in the infirmary, Jack is, uh, sort of sitting there with her, but he's not, like, there's no emotions in this scene, They're all very dead to their emotional experience here. You know, Daniel and Teal, no emotional involvement in this whole problem with Sam at all. They're very matter-of-fact about the Entity. Everybody is. And Jack, what what about Fraser? They're best friends, for God's sakes. Cassie, they hang out on birthdays and stuff. Anyway, Jack is the only one who's allowed by this script to have an emotional involvement and be bothered by this thing that's happening to Sam. But even he is just like a freaking statue at her bedside, you know? And he's not suffering any feelings of, like, God damn it, I had to pull the trigger. I had to! It made me do it, and I didn't want to! Oh, it's so terrible! You know, he could have gone a little bit more on this. But, yeah. Hey, what are you going to do? So, discussion about pulling the plug. Life support. We should let her go. And Jack just says, uh... Give it a minute. You know this is a far cry from him and Carter separated by an electronic barrier force field, and her saying it. The bomb's about to go off. Just leave me. No. This is a big departure from that. <laughs> this is even in the same season. So, um and then it's another. It's another Stargate funeral slash goodbye farewell. Except they just really don't make anything out of it anymore. Like I said, the emotional levels in this episode are so friggin' zero. (laughs) And of course, it all's well, that ends well, because it restarts the thing in the melp room, and the power goes up, and I am here, I am here, it's Sam, she's screaming, we heard you. And I always like when they end an episode with a No talking. No words necessary. It's not deflecting emotions. It's, ah. And what they're saying with that, ah, is, ah, good. It's really good to have everyone back to normal. Glad to be here. See you next week. (laughs) <laughs> I make a total of fifty-five points for this episode. Then, in the audio commentary, I, always, I knew this would be coming somewhere, and I, I had to watch the commentary far enough to hear about it. It's, of course, a Peter Deluise director/slash writer cameo in this episode. He's one of the photos that uh, is in the the, uh, the ID files that the computer scans through at the, near the beginning. Uh, of course, he is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised everyone in those files is not <laughs> also a cameo. So that makes it a total of 60 points and that's a very respectable outing for this episode. Mr. Alan Lee yeah, he he did a quite good job it's it's kind of along the lines of Andy McKeeter and Peter West just very technically they've covered all their bases because that's how they approach filmmaking as technical guys. <laughs> this is my theory and uh I wish for a little more humor in this one. Maybe some of it got cut for pacing reasons, or I, I just wish for either either they skipped some of the techno stuff and went high on the emotional scenes about what the loss of sand would mean, or go the other way and cut out the half assed emotional scenes we had and go big on the techno solutions, oh my god, this virus could infest the entire planet sort of solution problem. Uh, they kind of did, you know, a bit of both, and therefore did neither compellingly well. But um, you know, I watched it, <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure I have much else to say about it. More Gary Jones, more Silo. Hey, that's that's good news for Andy. It's it's good good uh, good Stargate for this week. And uh, I did like, of course, Wally the little remote control robot running around when they first opened that uh, welded shut door. <laughs> Alright guys, find me on the, the Twitter machine, the the electric internet machine that the kids use, as Bill Nye always says, and uh, carry on.
0: A stranger from the outside. Greetings, I am Buzz Lightyear. I come in peace. Before you re-energize yourself with a slice of pepperoni. Now boarding counter three. This is an intergalactic emergency. I need to commandeer your vessel to Sector 12. Who's in charge here? The Claw! The Claw is our master. The Claw chooses who will go and who will stay. This is ludicrous. Hey, Bozo, you got a brain in huh? there? <laughs> Take that! Oh, no! Sid! Get down! No. What's gotten into you, Sheriff? I was- You are the one that decided to climb into this! The claw. It moves. I have been chosen. Farewell, my friends. I go on to a better place. Gotcha.